Thank you for listening to the Zayner Ministries podcast with evangelist Nick Zayner. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or at zaynerministries.com. Now, here's evangelist Nick. Hope you all are doing well. This is evangelist Nick Zayner, and today I want to start a series on being a soul winner. I'm going to title this Soul Winner Part 1. Probably do five to seven parts and talk about what the Lord showed me. See, a couple of days ago, weeks ago at this point, I was just going about my daily business, going about my life. And many of you guys who follow the ministry know we are all about souls. We do outreaches. We teach people how to win souls. We do it ourselves. We go to cities and we go on the streets. We help churches and all this different stuff. Everything we do is about soul winning. But as I was just, I was about my daily business, my, I was actually visiting a family uh, for a birthday party. And as I'm going up the mountain to go to the restroom, because it was outside, it was in a park, and the Lord spoke to me and he said, soul winning is not what you do, it's who you are. Soul winning, being a soul winner is who you are. And that was, I know he was speaking to me in general, but I felt in my spirit, that this is for many people, because we live in a time where there's many programs, and we need to attend the programs. We need to go and get trained. I lead those. I help other people get trained to go and share their faith, but at some point, you have to become the program. You have to allow the Word of God to come alive in you and say, yes, Lord, use me at any time, any place, anywhere, and I was challenged in that, and of course, I did share the gospel with the people, and uh, but that still resonates in my spirit today. It's not what you do, it's who you are. So I'm going to do a, a part series, this is part number one, and uh, we'll get into this, and it's going to be amazing. So first off, I want to give you a scripture for the introduction here. The scripture that I have is Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says this, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I want you to get this in your spirit, because for many who have been living for Jesus, going to church for amount of time, at some time, at some place, you've heard somebody say, Jesus is coming back very soon. And we know by record that it's been 2,000 years approximately since Jesus died and rose from the dead. So throughout that whole time, the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit was poured out, it started the end times. So they've been saying Jesus is coming back very, very soon. Well, the Bible says, just one verse above, that the one day to the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. So in the time frame of eternity, it hasn't been that long. But I understand in the time frame of now, it has felt like a long time. So we can't see that as, well, he's delaying. Why is God seem like he's delaying? He's delaying in a sense because he wants more people to be saved. You got to get that in your heart and in your mind and in your spirit that God is waiting to send Jesus back to return. The return of Jesus is on pause, so to speak, even though it's not, but it feels like it because he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So God is waiting for more people to be saved. And I believe we're living in a time where Jesus is coming back very, very 
soon. And the only thing that's keeping him from coming back is for more people to be saved. I remember a time when I was standing in New York City in this year of 2022, and we went to uh, Times Square to win souls. Me and another pastor and another evangelist we felt from the Lord, we went there. And I remember there was a great protest taking place. We had no idea. The day we got to New York City, the very next day, we were there for a week. The very next day, there was everything about Russia and Ukraine on the news, and people were freaking out. And I remember watching uh, the the TV when we were at the hotel and seeing that uh, people were were nervous and all this stuff. And then it caused people to have a protest in New York City because everyone protests in Times Square, it seems like. And so here we are finding ourselves right in the middle of a huge protest between uh, uh, the people supporting Ukraine and all this stuff. And I remember um, because we're radical believers and we want to share the gospel. And hey, when there's a crowd that's already there, you do your best to get in the middle of it and spread the gospel. So we're trying to work our way through the pro- uh, the protest to get into who's in charge and to, to basically preach the gospel, give us an opportunity to pray for the country of Ukraine. And I remember looking up as we're trying to work our way through this huge crowd and seeing the, uh, the flags on the billboards. And I remember as I looked up, it's like all of a sudden I felt the Lord speak to me that Jesus is coming back very soon. Like I felt like, man, if we don't, he could come back in five minutes. I mean, there was such an urgency for eternity in my spirit. And I remember, I'll never forget that. And from that day forward, there's been a new uh, desire for people to get saved. And uh, that's my desire with people is for people to grab a hold of this because the, the more active soul winners we have, the more accelerated the harvest will be. And that's what this, is, this teaching is all about, is for you to wake up to the realization that God is not waiting for another great evangelist. Though we have evangelists today, I am one. And yes, praise the Lord, one day, Lord willing, we'll be a, we'll be a, a ministry that's world, known worldwide. But the reality is this. God needs more active soul winners because Jesus is coming soon. The more soul winners we have, the more accelerated the harvest will be and the quicker Jesus can return because the Bible says that, that he's waiting for the whole world to hear the gospel and then the end will come. So we have a work to do. And we're living in a time where we have the greatest amount of people getting saved like never before due to technology and also due to people uh, going out and winning souls everywhere they go. But I believe God has more people who he wants to enlist into his army, and you are a part of that army of God who's going to march through this land. So I want you to grab a hold of these teachings because the purpose of this is to impart into you that which you need and understand that you already have the DNA of a soul winner, and it's time to unlock that. It's time to make yourself available. It's time to say, yes, what? I'm going to keep going to the programs, but I'm going to make this a lifestyle. Amen. Because that is what this is all about. So grab a hold of that today and get ready. So my first point in this series is you must have, or I'll put it this way, part number one, having a heart for the lost, having a heart for the lost. Sometimes we say, we, when we preach on soul winning, when we teach on it, we say, hey, let the Lord break your heart for the lost. What does that mean? Well, Jesus said this in Luke 19, verse 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. 
That's the whole purpose of why Jesus came, to seek and save the lost. Who is the lost? Well, at one time, let's use ourselves. We were the lost people at one time. We were those who were far from God. We were those who were sinners. We were, we were separated from God because of our sin. But God sent somebody, whether it's your pastor now or a preacher on the streets or you heard the message on YouTube, Facebook, whatever, whatever means you heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, that God loves you, that he sent his only begotten son, that whoever would believe upon him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You heard the message and you responded to the gospel. And so at one point you were lost, but now you're found. And so Jesus came to save sinners. That is the whole purpose. So the heartbeat of God rides on the fact that he is looking to save sinners. It doesn't end there because then you become a, a child of God. And even also before you're a child of God, which is at the same time, but at the same time, let's say, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, If anyone is in Christ, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You become a new creature in, in Christ. You become a, your old things have passed away. Your old way of doing things, your old DNA of the world is stripped out, and now your DNA of God is put in. And guess what? You have the mind of Christ, the Bible says. And the mind of Christ is is God's way of thinking, God's way of, of thinking about things. And guess what was on Jesus' mind and heart the whole time he's on the earth and even now? to come and seek and save those who are lost. You have to allow God to break your heart for the lost. Break your heart for people who are going to hell because Jesus paid such a price. He paid the price for you. And thank God that you're saved. If you're born again and if you're saved, thank God right where you're at. But guess what? It doesn't stop there where we're holding on to get to heaven. I don't want anybody listening to me right now to get to heaven without bringing somebody with them. Imagine going to the greatest party in eternity, the marriage supper of the Lamb, and you showed up without a plus one at least. Bring a plus one. That means tell somebody about Jesus and bring them with you to heaven. But guess what? It doesn't stop with just a plus one. It's an open invitation to anybody who will come. But the Bible says that how will anyone know without a preacher? How will anyone hear unless somebody tells them? We have to tell them. We have to go. We have to tell them. And God has called you to go. But one thing you've got to grab a hold of before you even go is allow God to break your heart for the lost. The closer you get to the Lord, the more you begin to see His heart and His desires. The Bible says, John three sixteen, we all know it, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe upon Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Whoever believes upon Him, the desire of God is, is for all to know him, and obviously he wants all to accept him. But each person has a free will, and they choose whether they want the free gift of salvation or not. But it's not up to us to make people accept that gift. It is up to us to present the gift. Just like if somebody brought you a package from FedEx or UPS or the post office, they're knocking at your door because they need a signature for you to take this package. Well, if you open the door and say, I don't want to take it, and you don't sign for it, you don't have to take it. 
The same is true with the gift of salvation. We present it to people, and they can either sign for it by confessing with their mouth and believing in their heart and receiving the gift, or they can say, no, thank you. And yes, that breaks our heart because it breaks God's heart when they deny Him, but we go to the next person when we tell them. But you need to allow God to break your heart for lost people. Everywhere you go, whether you're in your workplace, you are in school right now and you're going to school, uh, you're just going into the marketplace to go buy something from the store, there's lost people around you. And when you allow God to open your eyes of your understanding, to grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of the Son of Jesus Christ, you'll begin to see people in a different light. See, now, when God breaks your heart for the lost, you begin to see people as, do they, are they going to heaven or are they going to hell? It's just like it's black and white. People are all headed to two, one or two places. They're either headed to heaven or they're headed to hell. And the Bible says that narrow is the way that leads to life, but broad is the road to destruction. And so that means there's many people on the broad road, and we need to get them over to the narrow road. How do we do that? We share the gospel. In part of your new DNA, old things have passed away. All things have become new. Your new DNA is you are now a soul winner by your DNA because in Christ's DNA, throughout the Gospels, you see him interact with individuals and people. For what? One reason, for them to get an understanding that he is the Messiah, that he has come to seek and save those who are lost. He healed for people to understand that he's a healer and that he's a savior. He is the savior. He revealed himself to people so that they can be saved. And now it is up to us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Anybody who believes shall be saved. Those who do not will be condemned. But it's not our job. How do you allow the Lord to break your heart for the lost? Ask him. Ask the Lord. Break my heart for the lost. I remember the first time I was uh, asked to go out. One of the first times I was asked to go out, soul winning. I remember there was a leader in the church, and he came up to us one time and said, Hey, guys, when I say guys, me and my brother, he came up to me and my brother, and he said, Hey, we're going to go out to the to the streets. Uh, and this was in Terre Haute, Indiana. We're going to go to the streets of Terre Haute, Indiana, and we're going to share the gospel. Now, at this time, I wanted to preach. God called me to preach, but I was had no nothing on my mind or my heart to go out and share the gospel with people on streets. I was thinking pulpit. I was thinking preaching from in the church, and I will do that. But at that time, I had no. I wasn't thinking about going on the streets. And I remember he took us out this one time, and we're driving around. And at this time, uh, the leader just said, "We're going to pray, and where the Lord leads, we're going to go." And so we're praying in the spirit, we're praying, we're driving, and all of a sudden he feels to turn down this certain road, and to our right we look, and there's a bunch of women hanging out on this porch. And so he said, the Lord's telling me we're going to go up there to that to the people on the porch. And I'm like, okay, now I'm nervous. I God hasn't broken my heart for the lost yet. I want to see people experience what I've experienced, but not to this level that I'm talking about right now. But it's in me already. It's the DNA in me, but it needs to be unlocked. It's like a capsule. When you take a capsule uh, for medicine or whatever, it's time released. And this was my time for it to be released. And I remember going up there, and we started sharing the the good news with them. And then we started to realize, because they began to tell us, man, we needed to hear this because this is a drug rehab facility. 
and we are so lost, we are so broken and bound, we need Jesus. And so there, each one by one was receiving Jesus on the steps. But I remember, as we're sharing the gospel to these women, the Lord began to use me in the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, if you don't know what the gifts of the Spirit are, just go and read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and uh, you can find out. And I began to hear the Lord speak to me in my spirit about their uh, one of the ladies' backs, and her back was in pain. And uh, I said, hey, I know this is weird, but I keep hearing God tell me that your back is in pain. Is that true? And she said, yeah, it hurts really bad. And I said, well, not only does Jesus save, he heals. Because the Bible says to go into all the world, preach the gospel, and these signs will follow those who believe. I'm just a believer at this point. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not uh, a Bible school student. I'm not trained. I don't have any degrees. I'm not a doctor or a theologian or anything. I am just barely saved on the streets because somebody told me to come, and now God is speaking to me to, to, to about this person. And I said, okay, I'm going to lay hands on you. We're going to believe God's going to heal your back. As soon as I laid hands, rebuked the pain in her back, and instantly she's healed right there on the spot. We start rejoicing, shouting, praising God. The women do too. It's like Jesus showed up. And at that point, that was when really God began to break my heart for souls. He began to break my heart for the lost. Because then you see how Jesus, he wants to get outside the four walls of the church and he wants to invade your life personally. He wants to use you. He wants you to use your mouth, to use your feet, to use your hands so you can go and demonstrate Jesus to other people. And then you realize what a great gift that is, that Jesus paid such a price for people. Then something breaks in you and it just takes even just one. And that's going to be my second point, and breaking the barrier of one. But I don't want to get ahead of myself because it's just allowing God to, to break your heart for the lost, to see, look at how such a great gift that Jesus paid for. He paid such a price for people to experience this good news. And the Bible says this, freely you have received, freely give. Have you ever received a, uh, the, the gift of salvation? It's time to give it out. You know, statistics are changing in the nation, but at one point it was well over 90% of people have never shared their faith with somebody else. That should not be the case when the Bible is very clear that we are all called to preach the gospel. But it takes God coming and breaking your heart for the lost. So I, I want you to encourage you to begin to ask the Lord, Lord, may I see people the way that you see them? May I, may I feel what you feel about people? May you break my heart for others. Break my heart for, for people who, who are lost, for people who maybe I don't understand, but they don't know you. Break my heart for these people and watch how all of a sudden your heart becomes his heart, and then you go on great, the greatest adventures you've ever had. And I'm going to be sharing many, many testimonies of what I've seen over the last almost eight years now. It's crazy to believe, eight years of being a, a soul winner. Because I didn't start soul winning when I went to Bible school. I started going out before that. I was just a believer. And this, is, this whole teaching is about believers waking up to the reality that they are soul winners. So I want to encourage each and every single one of you to begin to pray. Begin to ask God to break your heart for the lost. Begin to seek His face like never before. And uh, many of you have lost loved ones. Many of you have people who aren't saved. You're saved. You're born again. Maybe your initial family is, but you have cousins. You have you have uh, you have distant 
uncles and aunts and whoever. Maybe your parents aren't saved. Maybe your 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 mom and dad didn't serve the Lord and you got saved. You have people who need to be saved. Well, I want to encourage you with this, that as you put other people first, what you make happen for others, God will make happen for you. When you begin to become a soul winner, when you begin to allow that to be who you are, and you go after someone else's mom, someone else's dad, someone else's brother, someone else's sister, and you go after them, someone else's family member, God will begin to go after your family. He will begin to make your family a priority because what you make happen for others, God makes happen for you. If anything, do it for that. Get a heart for souls, for your own family to be saved. Watch what God will do. How am I so passionate about this? Because God has broken my heart for the lost. And my desire, and I hope you get anything out of this message today, is that He wants to break your heart for the lost. He wants to give you eyes of eternity. And, and you'll begin to realize that at the end of the day, the only thing we can take with us when we get to the other side is people. You can't take your car. You can't take your house. You can't take your iPhone, your iPad, your anything. All you can take is other people. And so we must tell people. This is what it's all about, guys. Jesus came for one reason and one reason only. And I want to leave this with you in your before I pray is... He came to seek and save those who were lost. We're going to get into part two on how breaking the barrier of one will cause you to go and propel yourself into many more. Because guess what? When it takes, when you get past the barrier of leading one person to Jesus, and I'll get into it uh, on the next podcast, when you break that barrier of one, it's game over. And you're going to put a black eye in the devil's face. Can you say amen? So let's pray. Father, I thank you for those people who are listening here today. I thank you, Lord, that you break all of our hearts afresh for the lost. Give us eyes into eternity. May we see people the way that you see people. May we begin to see people uh, in the light of eternity, that many are going to heaven and many are going to hell. And Father, use us as you break our heart to bring that good news to those people so that they don't have to go to devil's hell because Jesus Christ paid the price and that they can be saved and born again in Jesus' mighty name. And if you believe and you receive that, just say amen right where you're at. Come on, God is doing, he's breaking your heart for the lost and I believe the best days are yet to come in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I wanna give you each an opportunity to sow into the harvest of souls. Yes, we're talking about soul winning, as you going out and winning the loss. But that's what we do as at Zaner Ministries is we put souls first. We put souls first. And we want to encourage you to become a monthly partner with the ministry. Your monthly seed goes toward winning souls. Every single month, we're always winning souls, outreaches, uh, podcasting, a bunch of different things. You can go to our website, zanerministries.com slash partner, and you can see all the different things that we do. And then just go and click the partner on the Give platform and hit Reoccurring and become a monthly partner. We're believing God for 100 partners to stand with us at any amount. And 40 of those partners specifically, if you feel led, pray about this. I'm serious. If you feel led, 40 partners to stand with us at $100 a month. And I guarantee when you put souls first financially, all these things will be added unto you. Because the Bible says... To seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. So covenant with us. 
pray about it and covenant partner with us. You'll never regret it. And you'll see, we've already seen over 8,130 people give their lives to Christ and we ain't stopping anytime soon. We got a lot more people to be saved. As you continue to hear this, the number might change because we're always winning souls. So get, get ready because we, we are believing God for a tidal wave of souls and we don't want to be the only ones in it. We want you to be a part of it and you can be a part by sowing a seed. You can do so by going to our minute, our website again, zanerministry.com. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram. Follow us. We love hearing your testimonies and everything else. Thank you so much for being a part of today's podcast. Stay tuned for the remaining parts. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Soul Winner, part one today. Next time, part two. We love you. God bless you. Talk to you soon.